Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. And it's getting hot in here, but we won't take off all our clothes because there's ladies present. And no one really wants to see that. But how have you guys dealt with the not quite heat dome, but very toasty weather this weekend? It's been all right. I think today I felt it more than any other day. Uh, but other than that, it hasn't been that bad. I, I understand the warnings because they wanna, they're want they really afraid of what happened last year. So, uh, But this is like a typical summer day for most people. Yeah, same with me. Uh, not Nothing terrible, but I... Haven't spent a lot of time outside, so. Yeah, I I obviously do not like the heat, as I've talked about before. Sensibly, well, we bought our new air conditioner a couple of months ago, and like all the people that you see every year on the news, yeah. whenever the the hot weather comes, and it's like we can't find air conditioners anywhere. Buy it early. You know the heat is coming at some point, and it, it's worth a treat. It's been lovely, but we've had to turn it off for the benefit of recording this. So we're going to have a short show because otherwise we're all going to melt. And I know I usually say it's not going to be as long a show as usual and we run just at maybe two and a half hours. This will be shorter. We're just focusing on white caps. We've got two games to talk about. A cup tie, a league game. Then we're going to look at some of the other news around MLS. And I'm going to do the games in reverse. We're going to start with the game that took place this afternoon, this evening, depending on how you... You kind of would want to look at it. Vancouver Whitecaps, New England Revolution, the Supporter Shield champs came to town to take on an inform team at BC Place. Obviously, it produced a nil-nil draw. And let's be honest, it wasn't a classic. Whitecaps certainly looked a better team in in the second half. Just couldn't get the breakthrough. First half to forget. Steve, just your quick general thoughts on the match. It seemed like there was like a, there were like, like it was something wrong in the box where they weren't willing to go inside it. Like a lot of shots from outside the box from distance, I felt. Um, I, I didn't notice, like, except for like crosses, but even the crosses weren't that great. But overall, just the disappointing thing where everything seemed fine except when they got close to net. And then it would just be either a shot from distance or nothing happening. 
when it got close in. Well, the big AEW pay-per-view tonight was Forbidden Door. It felt like the Forbidden Door was the box for yeah. Whitecaps to, to actually penetrate into. What did you make of it, Zach? Yeah, it, it, I mean, the, yeah, the first half was was poor and did not produce produce a lot. And the game as a whole, uh, like I told you guys, I think was kind of un, underwhelming. Uh, you know, I, with New England, I feel like with New England's a team where you can't, say that like the turf hindered them because they also play on some probably worse turf or like some much worse much worse so um yeah but i don't i don't know maybe for the cross-country travel held them off a bit i I mean it was interesting to see uh you know it's always interesting to see bruce arena and his approach and kind of how he does things and I, i was expecting a little bit more from them but um yeah i I think I, I know some people view this as two points drop for the Whitecaps. I, I think that uh, I think that this is probably and it is because it's a home game. Don't get me wrong, but I think the fact that they hung with them, um, you know, they hung with, with the Revolution. I think is is probably a good thing to get a point. Yeah, if you're looking at the the glass half full approach, clean sheet back to back clean sheets, and yeah. they they held a, a very dangerous uh, attack at bay and yeah as you say went toe to toe with them it it does feel though like two points dropped when a a team's come from the east and they had travel difficulties they had to fly into seattle and then drive up so you've got the tiredness and the fatigue from that then you've also got the fact that it was a really hot day out there which may have played a little bit into it, i guess for for both teams because whitecaps obviously were involved in a, a cup semi-final midweek but the, the first half, it just seems so sluggish. And really, the, the only two things to talk about. First of all, Caicedo. It looks like he's got a right knee injury. The Whitecaps uh, told uh, the media that it it's going to get reassessed uh, next week. He looked in a lot of pain going off, though, Steve. And he would be a big blow. And just another potential injury to the mass of injuries that it They've seemed to have this this season so far. Yeah, they seemed like they were getting back from those injuries, and it seems. Oh, like yeah, and then like Godoy's out again with a, a yeah, calf strain. Well, well, that's that's a given when he's out. Um, that's not that's not to be expected. Uh, unexpected, sorry. The 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 Casita one, yeah, it could be. It, it, like obviously, like at that time in that moment, you always see like a. I, I feel like players like react more to this thing, and then when it gets, it's all depending on how the swelling goes. If it is any injury, and if it's it doesn't swell up that bad, then maybe it's okay. Uh, it, it, I think they'll see it probably tomorrow at a better light. Um, if they do lose them, typically, normally I would say yes, it's a huge blow. But I feel like they got a, quite a bit of like depth up front where they can, if the, as long as it doesn't start piling up like it was before. Mm. If it's just a, like one injury, then I think they can survive. Although him finally getting off that off, you know, getting that free kickle uh, last week or something mm-hmm. like that. And then yeah. going through the injury, you kind of wanted him to get going and score some more goals and kind of get in the role of things. So, yeah, that's the part that's disappointing, I think, out of all of it. Yeah, I mean, I, we said that last week, Zach, that it's like hopefully this will seem kick on now. He's got his first goal of the season. He was so overjoyed last week, and it's like just a complete opposite in so much pain. Had to get help to the, the dressing room by, by two people as well. Hopefully it isn't as bad as it, it first looks. And yeah, I do agree with Steve. There, there is some depth there. 
but he, him and Dahomey, when they can be on their game and link up together, they're, they're so exciting. And for the Whitecaps to be where they are, with the injuries they've had, is actually quite amazing. But if they keep having them, it's really not sustainable. No, yeah. I, I saw some people being like, oh, you know, the Whitecaps kind of full-strength roster going into this game and stuff. And I was just like, well, you know, when I read the, the pre-match report, I was like, actually, they're missing some significant yeah. pe- significant pieces, right? Godoy, Guti, Berhalter. Yeah, and and then uh, did, Rusty, as did, well. did Rusty poke Norinsky in the eye or did Norinsky <laughs> eye? Does I get injured when he got, you know, his undressed by... Uh, by uh, Johnston midweek, or the the eye injury is the new metatarsal. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, they they have some significant people missing. Maybe not like longer. I know Hassal is well on the road. You know, should be yeah, back yeah. anytime, um, and that'll be interesting how they handle that. But um, th- they do have. I think they the the players who are out due to injury are not insignificant players. And now to lose Caicedo, I think is. Uh, Again, I don't think it's going to break them, but I think it really removes, I think, what's been a really solid option for them, whether in a starting role or uh, maybe um, what I would think it was more effectively off the bench. I mean, it it could also lead to to some tinkering. We might actually see White and Cavallini play together. We saw saw that midweek. Yeah, and it, it worked fairly well. Well, at least for the second half, it worked fairly well. Um, the only other thing really to talk about in the first half, Carlos Hill, chance in front of goal, yeah. which normally you expect him to to put that away. Listening to the the TV commentary, I haven't looked at the, the general stats across the league for quite a few weeks now. He is apparently leading in 10 different categories across the, the league. Well, Stunning player. It- and that's why I was excited to see what you know what they would do in, in this game, both both New England and the Whitecaps, like how they would handle each other and how they would perform. Um, he he is an he is an incredibly talented player. We, he's also given some great commentary on the league and their approach. I think over <laughs> over time. Um, but yeah, him and Bo, I think, are dynamic mm-hmm. duo. I think they're still this year trying to figure out how does you know the role that Jose plays in that. Um, uh, and you know to get more, more, you know, firing on you know on all cylinders better. But um, yeah, he is a quality player, and that was a chance where you, I thought for sure he would have he would have found the back of the net. I think he just tried to be too cute, Steve, and tried to do too much. He was trying to sh- show the fancy footwork to make room for the shot, and then it just allowed the Whitecaps to close him down. I think it was just a little bit of a delay there that he, you know, typically he's the kind of guy that doesn't way too long and he, he makes a decisive decision i think it probably got him in the, inside his own head and and just messed up the timing of his shot i think you give him a second chance and he buries them more, more often than not yeah but goalless at the half and all to play for and i, I thought it was a pretty boring first half and i, I hoped it was going to get better in the second and it did it really did pick up there was much better from both teams. A number of opportunities for both sides. Keepers were, were called into action. There were some close calls. And in the last 15 minutes in particular, I think the Whitecaps pushed really hard. And what I was thinking when just planning for the show, even though, as Steve said, they didn't look that dangerous and they weren't getting penetration in the box and everything like that, with how Vanny has got this team playing just now, and all these late goals and the late points taken and the late victories that, that they've got, right up to the final whistle, 
I still felt that they were going to find that goal from somewhere, which is a great thing to to be feeling if you're watching at home, if you're at the stadiums, and if you're playing against the Whitecaps. If you feel this is a team that's capable of scoring at any time, I, I think that's a really good thing that they, they've now got going for them. Of course, they didn't, but potentially I, I felt optimistic right to the very end. There's more confidence in the attack now than there was before. I feel like they're, they're, the way they move in that uh, final third, we saw it you know, quite a bit in the midweek game, but um, in that, even in the, in the against New England, there, were, there was a movement. I agree. They kind of did settle a little bit uh, for the outside shot. I think it was more because uh, nobody really really made themselves a target in the box. Uh, that, I think that was a big mm. issue. There wasn't very much movement from the players that without the ball, but the players with the ball, I guess they had to settle for those outside shots, and that's where it was kind of a little frustrating to watch. Yeah, I I agree with you, Michael. It was it was interesting that you know how they kind of in the second half it was like the gloves came off and they just went at it. It was like a sort of a slugfest, like back and forth, like just. Uh, f- almost like forgetting about, uh, you know, def- like, uh, like all sort of all out attack almost, right? Like, just like, let's go and get a goal. And then kind of left themselves, both sides left themselves open to the, to the counter. And, uh, you know, we're kind of able to last ditch defend or, or the play broke down or whatever. But it, w- I, I also agree that I, I felt like there was, there was a goal or actually goals in this game. I thought, uh, you know, in our pre, our pregame talk, I, I thought for sure this was going to be a draw, but I thought it was going to be a, I thought it was going to be a t- like a, a draw with goals. I thought it was going to be a couple of goals at least on each each side. And I, well, I the, agree the Revs certainly had a couple of late chances as well. And yeah. Cooper came up with a couple of saves. I, yeah. I think if they, I think if they played like that throughout the whole game, I think there definitely would have been some goals. I think they just left it too late for yeah. like. Like you, I thought you know the Whitecaps have had so many games where, they, especially at home, and now I think where they've scored late goals, or, or just in the league in general, mm-hmm. where they've scored late goals that I totally thought that there was going to be a goal um, at the end of the game. And I thought first it's going to be from the Whitecaps, uh, more likely it's going to be from the Whitecaps, but because New England, some of their big players, I thought, okay, th- this could kind of go either way. But I was, I was, so I was a little surprised that, that there wasn't a goal in the end. And I think the crowd probably will, in one sense, will be happy with the point, but will leave like a little bit disappointed on a, on a really warm day with a yeah. sun shining down on the open hole at BC Place. 15,000 was the uh, announced attendance for this one. Certainly didn't quite look like that, but um, we've said before it's tough sometimes with the tarps being off to really get a, a, a good gauge of it. A- anything else from the game that you guys want to talk about? There isn't really any stand-out points. Uh, we, we can turn our attention to some of the players. What's your thoughts on Kubis so far? I think he's shored up the defence a, a little bit, having that guy in front and breaking up some moves, and he's shown he's got some good delivery as well, and we, we spoke in last week's show that he's also shown he's got a little bit of a shot on him at, yeah. when it comes to it as well, but I, I think he's settling in pretty well and pretty quickly. And I think he's giving more confidence to the wide players, the you know the wing backs or whatever you want to call them, uh, to get forward a little bit more because they know they have that solid cover in the middle of the pitch where it's, they're almost like become a back four with Kubis back there. Uh, so it gives them more. Because like today I, I felt another player I thought really showed up and it, and we talked about him past weeks too is Godinho. Like yes. there's been moments where he's just like, like I know I remember last year we made fun of that signing. I, I think uh, as a threesome, all three of us uh, made points about that. I, I, I personally thought it was just a depth signing because they yeah. need to get somebody on the roster. Because I think last year was a, 
a really heavy injured fullback uh, session where oh, yeah. losing fullback, buffer, et cetera. So, um, but this year he's 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 kind of found his feet in the team uh, and is showing quite a bit. Where I think he he could be a solid. He's so, like you, we talked about Cropper and and uh, and uh, Hassal, and I know it's not the same thing because Goody Dares has been in there quite a bit. But it's how do you how do you push Godinho to the bench? I mean, mm-hmm. when Gutierrez comes back, so it's very hard at this point. Yeah, I, 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 I think Kubas has made uh, a really great first impression, uh, and he, I think, has definitely contributed to the results they've gotten in the games he's played in. Steve, what you're saying there, are, are you getting the sense that this is potentially finally that uh, filling that void that's been uh, been kind of this been lacking in front of the in front of the back? Oh, the back for sure. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say it's since defensively since uh, Matias Laba, uh, but going forward, I don't think they've ever had that. I can't remember a player that they've had sitting back there in front of the front three where they, the guy could push the ball forward too. Yeah. So I think that they've, they filled that hole and they've expanded it outwards as well. Yeah. Time will, time will, time will tell, but I think, yeah, it seems like a, yeah, a quality signing. It's it's all potential right now. Uh, yeah. It's still it's still in the works, but right now potentially this could be a very good signing for them. And I, I agree with you guys on Godinho. I, like I didn't I did not like Godinho is a guy I've <laughs> I've used in like third division Germany when I needed a you know needed a fullback or I wanted to bring in another Canadian or whatever in FIFA or whatever. But I didn't I I never really rated him. I don't I didn't think it was the the greatest of of signing, but he seems to be coming into his own. Uh, there was that one moment in the second half where I think it was off a corner. He was actually on the left side and off a corner. Uh, the keeper threw it. The, the keeper threw it out. And he intercepted it, mm. ran all the way into the box. I forget if he did a one-two or just ran all, straight into the box. Cut in on his on his uh, on his right foot, and I thought he was going to go far, you know, top corner far post, and, and it, but he thought there was an opening near post, and the keeper made it, you know, a, a competent save, but it was a uh, it was like a it was a it was a really quality like overall play from him. And uh, I think, yeah, he he's definitely stepped up, and you hope that you hope that that's these last few games is more his level as opposed to him playing above his level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but we'll see we'll see going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's about maintaining. Yeah, and he's looking confident, and he's getting a run in the team, and I think that helps. Yeah. It all plays into, it. and the, he the, is looking thing, better with every game. The thing is, a lot of people might not know this, but Gudinho, when he was like, I think it was like seventeen or eighteen. Um, uh, we were people were always talking about uh, you know youth players to watch. He was on the, a lot of those lists as a potential player yeah. to be like a starter with oh, the national yeah. team. And then he yeah. just like from and I think it's it's got to do with that not finding a place to play when you're 19, 20, mm-hmm. 21. And I think if you like the CPL was back then, he would have found that place to play and he would be like even moving uh, better at this point right now with that kind of development stage. Was wasn't he also involved though in that that Haiti loss? And the gold yeah, I think was it was it him the, with the giveaway? I was thinking, yeah, what was it, Z, it, it was. was the ZBG? No, no, it was it was him. He he was, involved. was know, Alfonso was not great on a couple one or two of those goals also, but I remember yeah. him being a bit of a a goat, not in the the good sense. Yeah, it was interesting because he was with Hearts obviously for a spell, and when I when I first spoke to him, it was when he was a, as a Hearts player, and that's a tough league for a, a young Canadian to go over to and find their feet. So when Hearts like let him go, I thought he would maybe just kind of go a little bit into obscurity, but he's had a, a new lease of life and it's been great. Yeah. If we want to talk about someone else that might have a new lease of life, Javain Brown in a back three, again, yeah. 
looking very, very good. Which is something we talked about so much last year. Like, yeah. He's more last of a year. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, he has the he's he's got the the thing is he's got the athleticism to play that back three as well like he and, he, and, the, and the physicalness that you can even though he's a kind of I think he's under six foot if I'm not mistaken but he doesn't play like he's like a he plays a, like he, he he leaps and, and gets into the game uh, shots more then that's why I was thinking like when when they kept putting him at a wing back I, I just didn't see it like I could see the athleticism going for it but I don't feel like he knew what he was going to do once he got up there on mm. the attack and this is I think fits more. Last player I want to talk about is Kava. I know we speak about him on every single show, but his recent form has been good. And I, I liked the confidence from him tonight, but in particular, he's got that kind of hustle and bustle that he can make chances by just like using a little shoulder here or just a, a nod and using his, his strength to get past guys to set things up. There was that one chance, though, that he had that was saved at the near post. At the end? Yeah, and when I saw Tom's photo from it, there was not a shot on, and no. he really should have cut it back. Yeah. At the time, <laughs> I, think, I thought, you've got to go for it, but... I think he was just I think he was just trying to power it in or just like shove it through. Yeah, because it was like he made, he made such a good move to get to that point. Um, and so I think, he, yeah, it was that kind of selfishness from a striker that you some, usually want. But it was, yeah, it was a, it was a unfortunate decision or a mistimed decision. Because yeah, he really should have tried. There to was put it back. There was a play in the first half when it was actually Gudinho that tried to force it, and I think he he had Cava to his left, um, and he should have uh, passed it off. Uh, and, and I think that that would it was that was a very good chance. That's where that like you were talking about Gudinho's confidence. That was maybe too much confidence for him in that play. Yeah. Possibly. It, well, it's hard to it, the thing is too. It's hard to speak negative. On him. He's on a great run, right? It was like yeah. four, four yeah. goals hey. in four games or something. Hey. And, and and no yellow card. For yeah. Full game. Let's you know. Let's give it to him right there. He's avoided that yellow card because the next one he gets, he gets a, a suspension, right? Oh, does he? Okay, I didn't know that. I think I think, he's I think just so. back from a suspension. No, I no, 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 no he's back. Back from it's been a while. He, remember, he did pick up a yellow card. That's yeah, that was back from suspension. I swear they said on the broadcast today oh. that he gets one more and he's up. Oh, but isn't there maybe. a thing where something if he plays uh, no yellow cards yeah. for a certain amount, it gets rescinded it, it, to, it, to another yeah, one? It drops off a little bit. Yeah. Oh well, we'll have a look at that. I mean, I I do look at it that it's two two points dropped, but it is still a, a it's a home gained and it's just because at home. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's a home game. That's why, for me, it's a little bit leading towards the two points. But I agree with Zach that that's a tough team to play against, too. There, there's one other player I'd like to, to ask you guys about. Oh, sure. Uh, this, there's the this wee little Scotsman on the team. Mm. Yeah, I I feel like, and I this might be harsh because of the, you know, especially the head stuff he's gone through. But it's like, is his play kind of dropped off a bit? Like I think it had. And then it was starting to get there, but tonight it looked like it had dropped off again. But they did make an interesting point on the on the broadcast that he seems to link up better and have a better understanding with Brian oh, White. Yeah, and, and I also think I think maybe he's... not on the same wavelength as Cavallini. As you saw that in one of the moves where Gold yeah. made the ball thinking that Cavallini was going to make the run, and it just and broke Cavill. down. And it does, I think, also too work better when it's him behind two guys. Yes, which we saw in one, we saw midweek, and we've seen in, in, in previous times because he has more freedom, more space, and uh, I think more options when he has the ball. But I just felt in this game like I was like, man, he he. he this is a game, especially in that second half, where he, like he could have 
really turn the game. Like his skills, his ability, he could have changed the game. And he didn't see really see Mufford. The other small thing I wanted to ask is why why have they not been giving him the armband? Like mm. right? Like have started with the armband. He doesn't want it. Yeah. I think he I thought he wore it last year once or twice. And yeah, this year it was he kind of rotational. I, I don't know if it's the same as when it was in MDS's time where he didn't really want to have a captain to begin with. I don't know if Vanny feels that way or Well, obviously no, obviously Russell is the captain. He mm-hmm. came on, he got he came on and he took the armband from Cavo, mm-hmm. didn't he? Right? Yeah. So um yeah. I I, I just I, I, yeah. I, I was I've wondered that a couple of games where it was like, okay, Rusty wasn't on and it was like, why is he not the captain? But But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it, it could prove costly because you want to take as many points as you can from home and the caps are now two points off the playoff line uh down to ninth uh still very much in it though and at this stage of the season and where they were looking a few weeks ago either bitten your hand off for, for where they're sitting just now in, in part three we'll have a, a look around a little bit of the west and how things are currently lying but of course this wasn't the only game this week because midweek we all had a semi, and the Whitecaps got through it, and now a final awaits. And we'll be back chatting about that after this. Hi, I'm Vanni Sartini, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our Artist of the Month for June here at AFTN from Brooklyn, New York, three-piece band Thick. And that is a bonus track from their 2020 debut album. It's on the CD. It's called 5AM. The album is called Five Years Behind and... A fantastic album. Hope you've enjoyed what we've played so far on the show. We've got one more track to come from them this month, and it's their new single that was just released this week, so that'll be coming up at the start of part three. In this part, though, we're going to turn our attentions to the other game that the Whitecats played this week, Wednesday night, BC Place. It was a Canadian Championship semi-final, and we've saved the best of the, the two games that they played this week to last, We're heading to our first Voyagers Cup final since 2018. 2-1 win over York. Kind of made hard work of it, but also was fairly comfortable at the same time. 
workmanlike, I think, was the the word I would use to to describe it. What did you make of it, Steve? Um, I agree with you there. It was a little bit um, tough to watch the first half. The first half was quite boring uh, for me. Uh, and but the second one, you know, second half picking up and everything, and they they got their chances. Um, they made well with their chances. Um, you know, Co- Co- Cropper had to come up big on one free kick. Uh, but overall, they had to. They did what they had to do. Uh, they've had so many games in these last few weeks, so it's good that they didn't let it get to penalties because that's, I think, my biggest concern while I was watching it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, did you have any any concerns or doubts that they were going to see it through when York pulled one back? Is that- sorry, talking, sorry, me? Oh, yeah. sorry, I'm still talking to Steve about that. Uh, I mean, uh, not 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 doubts, but I thought, okay, there, this is going to be an interesting ending. I, I think that the, the Whitecaps were the better team on the night. I think that they deserve the win. I think, though, that York, even though they weren't super adventurous in their play, I think acquitted themselves really well. I think they represented their league really well. Uh, and I think they kind of approached it kind of the, the, the way that they could. You know, they were very tight and compact when they didn't have the ball. And they... Uh, they did their best to use the the attacking options they had to kind of go forward. The one thing, the one thing that I, the one thing that I, uh, I sort of question, although I totally get why Martin Nash did it, was having De Rosario. They sort of did five in midfield, right, and they had De Rosario wide left until um, I think is it Cabreras, uh, the, the center forward, the big number nine. When they when he was finally you know had run, you know his legs were kind of going, and they subbed him off and they put. Um, Rosario up top in that spot I think they they showed a little bit more I think they were a little bit more dangerous uh, obviously you know his heading ability and his hold the play is different than uh than Cabreras but um uh yeah they were more more dangerous and the, the one thing I'll say too is I mean York scored the goal the goal of the match I mean oh yeah John- Johnston's Johnston's you know undressing of Jake Narinsky was was yes. great he just and, danced right past him. And both Whitecaps goals were no less than fortunate. Like, I mean, that the I mean, the first one was, I think, a little bit fortunate. The second one, Nico will be having nightmares about. Um Yeah, he didn't have a great game for for a guy that we've sung his praises a lot on the show and everyone knows what he's capable of doing. This was his game to really stand out. And we saw what he did against Pacific stood in his head in that game in the quarterfinal and I don't know he just didn't rise to the occasion which from a white cat's point of view obviously helped him when you when you when you play a team that compact and everything you those are the goals you have to score because you're not going to get those pretty goals because they're playing uh tight defensively they're not giving up lanes and stuff like that so you have to get those goals where you throw it at the net um I felt like I, I maybe I'm confusing I thought the second goal was good I thought the first goal was the one that went up to the crossbar and then White knocked it in. You, you might have you might have missed maybe one, you might have missed one, mixed one replay from behind the net where it essentially kind of goes through his hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Kind of, like, yeah, because from the front angle, Steve, it looks like oh, it kind of places in the corner. Yeah, what yeah. What really happened is it's kind of right at Nico, goes oh, off okay. his hands and into the corner, and you're like, gotcha, uh, gotcha. Yeah, he should have had it. I mean, it was great to see Brian White back scoring again and as we touched on in the first part there white and gold link up very well together yeah 
Um, massive, massive confidence booster for him. Yeah, I, but like even Gold's delivery in that game was something that we haven't seen a lot of it in recent matches, and he needs to try and get back to that because we know how dangerous he can be. We know what he can mean to this team. So they have to somehow try and get that Ryan Gold back and get those kind of de- deliveries going. That that uh that kid from York that's going to the French league, I, I'm trying to find him. Yeah, he's he's good. The first time I seen yeah. him like a full game there, he's very good. And and I don't. What level is he going to in France? It's second division. French second team. Second, yeah. yeah. So that's that's good division level for him to start off with. Which but yeah, also I, I believe that like, like Caleb Clark looks like he's going to be going over to to France to finish his studies, and he's going to be going to play second or third tier over there as well. His dad bad. was telling me. Mm, that's cool. yeah but, but that's uh the, the, I, I, he's he's another good talented young player that it, it's good to see this in the cpl where these guys are moving up and everything like mm-hmm. that i know it it creates a void at the cpl level because you know it might you, you your talent is going away but sometimes you have to do that and and it takes a time to fill that void but eventually it will feel like because there are play players but, coming up to you but, but that's the thing though it's not like the dude was there one you know one season or half a season yeah. and he's gone right like he got, they got three and a half years out of him, mm-hmm. and he no, no, no. Like, he's a, he's one of the examples of someone who actually like really developed in the league, right? Yeah. Like he's yeah. like a, and you hope that it goes better than it did for Borges in Belgium, obviously. No. Obviously, yeah. But um, it, again, I no. Think- but what the, the, what I'm saying is though that the, uh, for us as the people that know this is the way soccer works, it's it's no right. big deal. But I'm just talking for the Kalsher fan. That is, you know, they're going. Oh, we're losing this guy. He's the t- our top player. Mm-hmm. That's that's tough for the that's tough for the CPL to get. A, uh, but they need to get more players in. Like a guy like Dero, Dero's kid. If he starts moving in and becoming the star player, that that helps uh, bringing that in. So it just takes you got to get you got to replace those players that are leaving and and create bigger stars. Then the the thing about Dero Junior, if we we'll call him that, just for ease, he started the season so brightly, but he has. Yeah. Taking a dip. And like this whole game, from York's point of view, came at a horrible time of the season for them. They're in a really bad run in the league, as we talked about. Six games. They were missing Lyle Wright, who's away with the Canadian under-20s. Yeah. And Absey's now moving on. So, I mean, they're in a bit of a transitional phase. So this came at a bad time for them. That said, I thought they were going to get hammered in this 4-0 and they came away with a 2-1 loss, full credit to them. The, the Whitecaps struggle to break down teams like this, and that's actually something that Vanni Sartini addressed after the match, and then I asked him a bit more about it. He's, he feels that, because the Whitecaps are a team that aren't used to playing with the ball. They like yeah. to be the counter team. So when they go up against a team that wants to give the Whitecaps the ball, they struggle a bit sometimes. That's still quite baffling to me because you should be a team that can play with the ball that's what football is meant to be about yeah and as much as that 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 is yeah totally like i get it like you're that's not how you usually play it's not what you're used to it's probably not what like how you typically train so it's a different experience for your players but your the players are at a at a different level and should be able to to adapt and to uh, you know, break the break the other teams down, or break another team down like that. That is one of the criticism I you know I heard from more casual uh, supporters or fans. You know, was the whole, yeah, okay, we've sort of exercised the demon of losing to CPL sides. We've beaten three of them, but we weren't super convincing. Maybe in any of the three games, other than maybe Valor. But that then again, they kind of took the foot off the gas and like 
it, it was con- it was convincing to a degree, but it wasn't like uh, they smashed them and showed like massive mm-hmm. superiority, right? Um, so I think one, I think it shows the level of the CPL, especially how much they're up for these big games. Um, two, it shows, like you said, Michael, there's different. Uh, the Whitecaps are playing in a different way that they're not used to. Uh, but I think it also is. I mean, for for me, it's, it's, it's these games are these games have all been exciting. They've all yeah. been intriguing and, and and enthralling and a kind of a joy to watch. The other thing I want to say real quickly too is about York's play. I know some people might have watched York and thought, oh, like they're really direct. There was a lot of long balls, and there and to a degree there there in one perspective there was. But one of the things that they did really well and that helped helped them create a couple of their chances was they were really good at the long diagonal ball mm-hmm. that was not like just hoofing it forward and hoping. It was switching the play to the one side and then having a ball go back across to the far winger who was in space and actually like hitting that player. Yeah. Um, and they, they did it really, and Abzi obviously helped a lot with that, but they they did it really well. And um, yeah, it was, for me, it was, a, it was a really intriguing game to watch and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I feel, I feel like York, I don't, like I don't, Sometimes you have to push the ball, you know, deep forward in order to create some space in the midfield. And I think that's what they were doing. I felt like they were mixing it up nicely, especially for a team that's like at the, you know, quote unquote lower level. Mm-hmm. And I thought they, they, they had to play solid when they had to do. I think Martin Nash has got to uh, like really have this team for, especially like, like Michael was saying, the form they were on really had them ready to play in this game and that's pretty yeah. impressive oh they were so up for it oh, like yeah, they, yeah. they were more up for it than vancouver was for sure at least I, at the start yeah that i i mean i i don't i at no no stage the feel concerned that the white cats weren't going to get the job done i thought it it was going to be a formality i thought it was going to be a bit more than it ended up being at half time, I was starting to kind of rethink that a little bit because obviously the next goal was going to be crucial and it, it was the Whitecaps that got it. Let's talk about the crowd as well. Announced crowd of around. Hey, wait, 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 wait. There was a crowd? There was. <laughs> when I first got in and I took a photo of it, I was like, wow. I understand it's a hard sell for a couple of reasons. It's midweek. You're playing a team that a lot of the the casual fans won't have a clue who they are or they'll look at it as lower league opposition. And that, in part, comes down to the fact that the games are on one soccer and people aren't seeing them and we won't go down all that road again. But if you're not seeing a team and you're not seeing a league, you don't know the quality of that team. So you're looking at it off, oh, it's just a, it's just a lower league team. But for a semi-final... And I think the Whitecaps did a good job promoting this as well this time and made sure that season ticket holders knew it was part of their package and media were let know to to get that message out as well, that it's part of the season ticket package and they did some good build-up stuff to it. I don't know what more they can do to to get fans in because they had really good ticket pricing as well. I, I think I think you're right. They did actually they did quite a, a good job at, at letting trying to let people know in the different ways they can. I think they did a good job um, with saying, "Hey, this is a game that is not going to be. We, we don't think it's going to be well attended." And making a fifteen dollar ticket available. Mm-hmm. I thought that was. I don't think I've ever seen them do that in the MLS era. So I thought that was uh, really good. I think they can. You can always improve at, at educating people because, again. Uh, 
cup matches are typically midweek anyways so they're you're not yeah. going to get you're not going to get rid of cup matches midweek especially with you know mls trying to use less and less international windows and all that kind of stuff like they should um so i think they need to, they can continue to improve at educating the people on this what this tournament is why it's so important why it's so exciting why you should be there to to watch them uh you know take on these uh um younger clubs newer clubs smaller clubs however you want to to look at that um and uh they can continue i think to grow at that and uh that's up down to their you know marketing people and you know uh you know the people who you do their social media stuff they, they continue to grow that i think they 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 did, they did all right this year but they obviously they can there's continued room for growth there i i, I think the I, I think some of it might have to do with just their like maybe people are noticed their previous form in the cpl uh, the cpl the voyagers cup matches or whatever against cpl competition and maybe they just they thought it was going to be a, a a rehash of what's happened mm-hmm. before in previous years um, for me, it's, it's just, a, it's like, it, it, I think it fell really at a bad time within June when like a lot of people, you get a lot of kids that are ending school in that week yeah, and stuff like of, that. A lot of graduations this week, graduations, busyness there. And so, and it's the first time in a couple of years where they could actually have a proper graduation. So people mm-hmm. are doing a lot of that stuff. So I think it just probably fell in the wrong week in this case. Hopefully mm-hmm. the TFC one will get, you know, uh, a bigger crowd there and more people there, oh, especially well, with it being a final. Well, hopefully, yes. Well, let, let's there, let's talk. There's no, about there's that no now. problem about that being a bigger crowd. Yes, and especially with an Italian community here in Vancouver. So we'll, we'll come to that now. So we are in the final, or say we, the Whitecaps are in a final against uh, Toronto. Before we look ahead to that, Toronto looked very impressive in that four-one demolition of Montreal in the other semi-final. They also looked pretty good against Atlanta yesterday yeah, as well. Very it feels good. like they're starting to find their feet. They're making a bit of a run up the table. They've got a big new addition that is going to start to take the pitch. Out of the two teams the Whitecaps could have played in this final, I think they've got the tougher of the two possibilities. I, I don't think we would, we would have said that maybe earlier in the year, but no, absolutely. I would have been moment, like, oh, yeah, let's give us TFC. Yeah, absolutely. At this moment, though, for sure, this is the much the much more difficult game. I, I wonder if there's a chance that the, you know, Insigne's arrival will disrupt kind of what they've been building over these last few weeks. That's, well, that's what I wanted to talk to you like guys about, just to get your thoughts on that, because I think it has a possibility of doing that. They've made such a big fanfare of him coming. And it's a it's a bloody big deal, you could almost say. But it, there is that danger. There's also the danger that he could pick up an injury early on and then he's out. Or the BC Place Turf Monster claims another uh-huh. victim. Imagine the meltdown out east if that happens. Just another victim. The, the last from our World Cup games as, a, as like a compensation or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there is a chance he could disrupt their team, Steve. Oh, for sure. Whenever we've seen it where a big player, we, it's been happened in the past where a, a team's been on a good roll, a big player comes in and it kind of distracts a little bit from the other players. Some of them might feel jealous of that new player coming in and getting all the attention. Um, it'll, and, and sometimes the the way you want to fit it on the pitch, like, like, like he, he typically plays wing. 
Now, are they going to play him at wing? Are they going to play him in the center of the pitch? Are they going to play him up top? That, that'll be all interesting to see, uh, uh, to see where they fit him in. And does it disrupt him too? Because remember, it's just not him disrupting the team. He's, 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 he's joining a new team. So how is it going to be oh, yeah, for him? Like MLS has a lot of things he's going to have to get used to. As we speak about all the time, the different weather conditions, all the travel, the different kind of surfaces. It will take a, a bit of him getting used to. And he's he's got he's got teammates that he's got to get used to too. I use use the example of Kenny Miller joining the Whitecaps. I've been I was at those training sessions where in training he would get frustrated because the players wouldn't make the right pass. Like it's on like he's gonna he's gonna be like like going one way. He's gonna be expecting it, but maybe that player that's got the ball is not gonna be able to get him the ball. So there's gonna be frustration there too. So it, it, it's not gonna be um, you know all you know roses. On, on the TFC uh, field when they're on the pitch and everything like that. So I, I expect a lot of – it's not going to be perfect. I think they'll they'll definitely get a boost initially, but we'll see how – I don't know. When is he joining the actual team, like, on the pitch? I don't know when his first uh, games are I, I, to I be. thought they said July 9th, but I mm. could be wrong. No. And when's the final again? I can't remember. No one knows. Oh, is it set? Yeah. I, oh, I, 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 seen I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's been officially announced, but it's July 27th. Oh, what is that? Well, a, breaking what? breaking news if it has a <laughs> Wait, is that a that's a Wednesday? That's again? a Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um wow, okay. Uh the um from my understanding, if my memory serves right, the Bob Bradley's formation and uh, and general approach isn't that crazy different from Napoli. So I think they're both four sort of four three three kind of setups. So I think he can kind of kind of fit in. Um I think he's a different kind of winger right he than 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 most like he's not a he's not got crazy Why? pace and, and yeah. all, like, that kind of stuff he's more cr- like creative it, and can take people inver- on and shoot from distance and set up from distance but is he inverted where he comes inside the yes pitch yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my recollection is he usually plays on the left and he's right footed no um I but, mean, let's be honest he, he's a world-class top quality player and yeah. he is a big get for any club and totally. for TFC to land him is like staggering, really. But yeah, I, it's I, like the, it's the whole chemistry thing off the bat. But then good players do have a way of settling in very quickly. Now, so the the one thing I, I do need to say, which we might have said previously about Insigne, is I have a lo- I have a number of Italian friends who uh, think he's going to be a bust in MLS. Like for all his world class ability, is that Euro snobs that look? No, 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 no. These are football football people who think that like Toronto's expecting maybe the second coming of Jovinko, Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, Jovinko was like exponentially young. Sorry, exponentially feeling younger than than him, right? He came in his like mid twenties. This guy's what like thirty four or whatever. Um, He thirty four or thirty two or whatever. He's in his thirties. Yeah. Um, he's he's definitely older and doesn't and and won't be like running in the same way that uh like a young Jovinko did. And, and, and he doesn't have the point to prove that Jovinko did. And so, yeah, I I noticed that too, I noticed that too that players that are not as athletic, even like you know well world class players, they don't always have um a, a great run in MLS either. Like they they seem to they they're not able to keep up with the pace and everything because MLS is more of a frantic style. Of football, oh, yeah, yeah. instead now, of the Serie sure. yeah. But but I mean, I, I say that as just a, as a as a caveat or whatever. And obviously, if he comes and lights it up, no one's gonna be like, oh, you know, that's shocking. 
I think one of the things that's going to be most interesting matchup on the on the field might not actually be what happens with this India. I think my the most interesting matchup in that final might be what Kubas does to kind of um, take care of Pozuelo. If Pozuelo yeah. ends up being Ooh, yes. kind of more in the middle of the park, uh, I think that's kind of that could really dictate things. And if Insignia wasn't coming, and I was in the marketing department for the for the Whitecaps, that was that would probably be one of the things I would be keying on is like come watch Kubas shut down TFC to enable us to lift the trophy, kind of. Yeah, well, as Vanni Sartini said after the York game, he wants fans to come along to watch their Vancouver Italian and not this Italian that is coming to be playing for Toronto. So let's just hope the club don't do a big marketing push in the Italian community to try and get them to come along to cheer on the opposition. So by the Vancouver's Italian, they mean the coach? Yes, because Sartini's Italian. Because people often go to football matches to watch the coach no but you know what i mean like if you're going to cheer on an italian you're cheering on your own italian you're not cheering on the guy that's coming in yeah i hear you mm. you don't agree clearly but no no I just, it's, it's just it's just like it would be it would be make more sense to me if there was an italian player yeah, well, maybe maybe that was a little <laughs> slip that he's let out maybe someone maybe paolo rossi's coming out for retirement <laughs> i'd enjoy that he was. Oh, I loved man. watching him. 82 World Cup, absolute classic. But I think ticket sales will be good for that. It should be oh, a yeah. great atmosphere, and hopefully it, it's a great game as well. I hate to say it, I think TFC's the favourites coming into it, but it is a BC place, so I'm going to go with Vanny's optimism of the Whitecaps have that 51% edge. No, the, TFC ha- like has to be favoured. If, if Vancouver okay. wins that, it'll be a huge upset. Really? Yeah. TFC's not been that good this year. No, I know it's not to hit their stride. No, but they're 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 pretty good right now. Yeah. Really? I mean, obviously there's a month that could change things, but I, I, this month so we'll obviously we'll talk about it in the build up. Oh yeah. But if you're if you're a betting person right now, uh for you know, forgetting what the odds and whatever, like if you were just saying you're guessing who's gonna run right now and you and you weren't choosing the Toronto, they'd be, be kind of daft. Who, who's your money on for who takes out Insigne first? Javain Brown, Marcus Godinho, or Andres Kubas? Or Cavallini? <laughs> <laughs> Tracking back and just whipping him down in the second minute. Well, if Jake Nowitzki's playing, I would say he would try, but but I don't, I don't think he should be starting against Insigne. <laughs> should be an interesting one. But of course, Insigne isn't the only big name coming to MLS this no. summer and for the rest of the season. We'll be back talking about a couple of them after this. Hi, I'm Maxine Kippold, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our final track from our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for June from Brooklyn, New York. They're called Thick. That is their new single, Loser, taken from their upcoming second album, Happy Now. It's getting released on August 19th. And if you've enjoyed Thick on the, the last few episodes of the show, why not head along and see them? They're coming to Vancouver as part of their first headline tour. They're going to be playing at the Wise Hall on September 24th, my wife's birthday. So I think we all know what she's getting as a as a birthday present. An album that I will then take to play in the car and tickets to a great concert. Come and Better join so- us. Have a great Be- birthday celebration. Better song, Fix Loser or Beck's Loser? Oh, that's a good Beck, question. Beck is classic. Beck's I'm, Loser is a classic song. I love that song. I was in grade nine, I think, when that came out. That was, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. I just watched a video for that the other day, funnily enough, because it came up and recommended on YouTube because of oh. Thick's Loser. Is that a song? Is that a song that was Beck's one that you can't like really play anymore because it, like, even though maybe it's sarcastic or whatever, it's too, uh, I don't know, negative or triggering or. Oh, it might be. Yeah, you're oh, right. It I could. It could be. Well, I mean, well you, it's, it's, you, you know us here in the show. We play lots of songs that other folk won't play. Stay tuned for. Oh, no, I just meant. I just meant like culture. I just no, I, I, I don't think so. It's, I don't. I don't think it. I don't know. No, I not, not that one. Why it wouldn't be? But, uh, the anyway. devil ones. The devil ones good too. I like that one. Oh, I can't I, I, that I've thing. seen Beck live, and he was yeah. excellent. Like it's very early stuff, where it was really good, and then yeah, I kind of lost interest in him a bit. But that, I think that's did you see. I, saw, I think I saw him at the Orpheum once. Oh, I saw him in Scotland at oh. the Usher Hall. I, he was. Uh... I think it was Beck. Yeah, it was Beck. We were going for the opening band, and the opening band never made it past the border. Oh. So we were disappointed. But Yeah, Where It's At, I like that one. Oh, that's uh, a good one, yeah. And there was a, another one with it, like a... Oh, yeah, Where It's remember, At. remember, uh, Devil or something? Maybe it was part of the, one of the songs. I just... I remember him. Devil's Haircut. That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Yes. That, those, those three are part of my top three Beck songs. Oh, I remember Haircuts. <laughs> anyway, let's move back to the football chat now. So, last part, Insigne, bloody big deal for Toronto, we all know that. Have they been usurped, though, in the big name department? That's a debate for us to have by the Whitecaps' next opponents, LAFC. First of all, they announced their own Italian, 38-year-old, or soon to be 38-year-old, he's, he's 38 next month, Giorgio Chiellini. And you can hear the Gs. Whitecaps had been linked with him. He was never coming here if LAFC were, were going to be interested, but I think a 38-year-old say- in BC place turf I don't think was a good mix anyway. Uh, yeah, I think you need to say the Whitecaps were linked with him a la their link with Didier Drogba. Yeah. This is like I, I link them in my mind with every single player. But I think I was, I was 38 for that first media match and I was on BC place <laughs> turf and it, it didn't fit, it didn't fit yeah. with me. Have you, still, recover, have you recovered? I'm still, still recovering, still recovering. Yeah, I've really. not recovered from that. Chiellini, though, he's a legend of the game. He's a fantastic player. We saw that at the, at the Euros last year, like how, how good he still is. Is he a key addition for LAFC or is he a luxury addition for them? I think he's, like, he is a key one because they, they're not usually good defensively. 
and maybe he can bring some presence on the back line. They have got uh, better this year, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. But in, I'm just talking about in the past yeah. and everything like that. Um, so I, I think that helps a little bit. Um, um, yeah, I don't think it's a luxury in, in the case that if it was a DP signing, then it would be a luxury, but they were able to get him as a TAM signing. So <laughs> yes. definitely not. <laughs> you can't really cut. And as long as he doesn't get bitten, I think he should be fine playing in MLS. <laughs> yeah. I um I think I think it's these are really really interesting signings. Um, I, I we've I think we've talked lots. Steve, you especially talked lots of how LAFC feels like they've never recovered from training Walker Zimmerman. Yeah, and yeah. How, although this is obviously not a long term replacement in any way, shape, or form, you think it's got to at least help, right? It's got to help sure. their back line. I think I mean, when Nesta came, right? Nesta came to Montreal for like a year or a year and a half or two years or whatever it was. And he would, he I think helped them a little bit, <laughs> at least a little bit. So I, I and I think Chiellini's uh, in better shape and a better old player than than Nesta was. So I think yeah, he I think, doesn't I think play like well. a normal thirty-eight. You know, no, not at all. Whenever and I know he wasn't this old. Like whenever you get a veteran center back, it always helps you out. Um, like we are white cap, obviously not the same level, but Andy O'Brien, when he came in, he oh, helped man. solidify the back line. Totally. Like you, whenever you get a solid veteran, as long as they're not like, they can run a little bit, they're not totally like, you know, cemented to the turf or whatever. I think you're, you're always going to be in a better shape when you bring somebody in with bail. I guess their big hope too. So, but who, yeah. I was just gonna say last thing on, on the Chiellini thing though was like LAFC's defense just had a quick look second best in the West this year fourth best in all of MLS so they've certainly shored that up yeah he's gonna help shore that up even more yeah which uh, I think you I think a part of that is Trundle right he he was a defender mm-hmm. you'd expect him to get his defense to be playing better yeah. um, although but... East Fife's manager is a forward that played for Scotland and we can't score goals. So it doesn't always work that way. No, it, that's true. No. So again, the question we were saying, similar question we asked, asked with TFC is could Chiellini disrupt hmm. what seems to be a, a better improved backline? I mean, is I he think... a regular starter? Does he just, do they rotate it out like Vanny with his constant rotation? Like grass, no grass, grass, no grass. I think that actually, might be his rotation. That, yeah, that actually yeah. might be the rotation. Is he? I heard. He, is he going to play? I heard he was going to debut in El Tráfico or whatever they call that game. Oh, possibly because I, I think the transfer window doesn't open again till I think it's July eighth, which is why they can all play on July 9th. So he won't be here for for this game uh, the weekend. We might make the trip just to to wave to folk, see Vanny, Italians getting together. But then the other big news this weekend, spoiled there by Zach, because no one will have heard it otherwise. Oh, I thought you were going to edit it out. Oh no. Oh. Gareth Bale, the boy from Wales, as our former wavelength song put it, he's also LA bound to get fit for the World Cup. <laughs> so basically, if Scotland had beat Ukraine yeah. and then beat Wales, LAFC would not be getting Gareth Bale. No. But he was almost going to retire. If, if Wales hadn't made the World Cup, the rumours were he was going to retire. Then he was linked to going to play for his hometown club in Cardiff in the championship, and that was almost a done deal. But then, he likes playing golf in LA, he said. 
So he's come to LAFC to get fit for the World Cup. He signed a one-year deal with apparently a one-year option. And it's it's a big deal for me. I I think it's bigger than Insigne going to to TFC, potentially. Uh, Potentially the splash, yeah. Um, the the thing for me is the 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 funniest thing I saw was I was I happened to be watching the Seattle LAFC game I was flipping through it, and uh, like I don't usually I don't Saturday mornings I'm not gonna you know open up Twitter and see what's going on. So they said, oh, breaking news! Uh, Gareth Bale joins. Like they they actually said it on the air, and then I looked back. I looked on Twitter. It was like announced like five six hours ago. Mm-hmm. I was going, what breaking? Like he, they made it sound like it was breaking news, like breaking right on the, the broadcast. Well, remember this? Like sometimes there's a satellite delay, so it takes a little bit of time to. <laughs> and, go. Then, and then and then and then they like the way they were building it up. They were like top five player in the world and stuff like that. They were like oh, they're, whoa, oh, slow but, the roll. But they were, on but his day, he is no, up no, there. No, no. What I'm saying, you got to listen. The top five player, and then they would add something in after that. After after they said it, and so. So it was like they would. They, they, it was very comical the way they were talking about it and everything like that. According to Wikipedia, his salary in twenty twenty one was thirty one point two million pounds, but yet he's coming to LAFC as a tam player. Isn't it wonderful how MLS mechanisms work? Yeah, it, but I. But I, I think these are well within the the regs, right? Like I, I don't, I don't. This yeah. is not a this is not a Miami. No, situation. it's not going to be one of those. So, um, good for them for taking advantage yeah. of the, how mean, the rules are. Like genuinely, although I sarcastically go on about it, well done to any club that can make something like that happen. Yeah, it, yeah. It typically, is, if you think of it, you think of it. You're, you're when you getting in shape you're paying a fitness center here he's getting paid a, so it's like it's not that far off and he gets like he's getting off. paid he gets yeah exactly and so maybe like he i guarantee you he's not gonna be paying uh for any golf things i'm sure there's a lot of owners there that mm-hmm. own country clubs and can hand him in his guests so there he gets a lot of golfing in um i guarantee you like uh somebody's gonna have an available um place to stay where it's not gonna cost him that much and stuff like that so um, I, I guarantee you there'll be like stuff that off the off the books will they'll it, it'll make it more uh, financially viable for them. Oh, I'm abs- whether absolutely. they want to admit that the, or not. The the thing is for me is what does this mean for like where is he going to play because yeah he prefers to play on the right side which is where Vela plays so are, is he moving over to the left wing or is Vela moving over to the left wing? I mean, or they play him. This is with play, Wales. They, does he play as a striker? Yeah, they could play him through the middle because he has done that for Wales. Wales he plays have, in the middle. Vela through the middle, to be honest, though, if you're looking yeah. at that. So. Maybe they switch back and forth. You can do a switch where but one plays Vela, in the middle. One Vela, Vela feels more like a false nine. I don't know that that really suits Bradley's desire. Or, sorry, yeah. uh, not Bradley, Trundle's desire. By the way, also, uh, um, I know one, one of the one of the conversations around this is you have Insignia arriving now. You have Chiellini coming, and then you have Bale, three dudes in their 30. Just to correct myself from before, Insigne is actually only 31 at this moment. So only, I think, three years older than when Javinko arrived at, at TFC. Hmm. Um, but it does bring back the whole conversation around, you know, the whole retirement yeah. league thing when MLS has done really well that. to get away from that. Because I think the average age, I think I read on MLS squads is 24. But... Folk's not going to see that. Folk in the UK is not going to like. When I talk to my friends about MLS, they look down in the league, and I'm saying, "Look, there's some quality players here." And then 
this happens and you sign a guy that's 38, you sign Bale, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's just a retirement it's, league. And it's no, hard well, to it, shake that image when no, you've got that. But they yeah, have top quality players. For sure. And it's difficult to, you know, you like you, you have to say it about Bale, you know, that he's coming here for, and that makes it a little bit, you know, wishy-washy where you're saying, oh, he's getting in shape for the World Cup. It seems like he's using MLS or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, for, uh, you know, it's Insigne and, and Chiellini, you definitely don't have that where they're getting in ready for the world cup for sure. That, that's <laughs> not the case for them. So at least that's something. Yeah. Or any Scottish players that we might want to sign. I mean, it, it annoys me that that tie gets thrown about so much because it just simply isn't true. And anyone that pays attention to the league knows it isn't true. And it is a young league and there's lots of exciting young players in it. And you've got the young designated player rule and everything like that as well. If Bale went to play for Cardiff, would they have said, oh, the championship's just a retirement league? No, of course they wouldn't, because it's in England and it's like they, it's looked at differently there. But, yeah, but Chiellini and Insigne also just didn't sign there. No, but like if Chiellini did, would they say that? If Chiellini went to sign in the Premier League, would they say, oh, it's a retirement league? Of course no. they wouldn't. No, but... Of course, Messi coming over as well in the later. Yeah, because it, it, well. I mean, it's not in a vacuum, right, Michael? It's not one player in one moment, right? No. It's like a number of players at the end, at or near the end of their career, or um, or they're taking advantage to make a payday, right? Like, it's, I mean, one of the most crazy things is to see what Zlatan has, you know, did after he left. Like, he kept going and kept going, mm-hmm. smashing in, in, in goals in your and, and to be fair, I guess Golden Ball sort of did as well like playing in mls actually helped him but then you have like the lampards and the stevie g's and the uh, you know the other end of the spectrum that where things were not so great well, i guess actually lampard went back to after went back and mm-hmm. contributed went back but, to the prim yeah it's i i think most clubs if they get a chance to send a big name player like that they would go for it because of the marketing aspect yeah. as well oh it's a massive they'll, part they'll, of it how many jerseys are they going to sell for Bale? How many jerseys are they going to sell for Chiellini and Insigne? And, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Whitecaps sold a lot of gold jerseys as well. And this is, I mean, that is, to be fair, that is one of the valid critiques of, of Vancouver's approach to not sign a player. Lots of people have been, look, you have to, you, you, if you take the approach of signing a player that people have heard of, they'll buy his kit. Mm-hmm. They'll come to this, the ground. They'll care about your your club, your club, whatever. But the Whitecaps, you know, in whatever, 10, 11, 12 years, have decided never to go that route. No. But we'll see how it all shakes out. I mean, the West just now is... I mean, it's looking really tight. The Whitecaps sit in the ninth, as I said. LAFC, they're leading the way. They've got 33 points from their 16 games. RSL, keeping the pace up there, 29 from 17. Austin, keeping the pace up there, 28 from 16. Dallas, still not dropping off, 26 from 16. Then Nashville, 26. LA Galaxy, 24. Seattle, 23. Houston, 21. Vancouver, 21. And we we won't cover the dregs. Although underneath Vancouver just now, you've got Colorado, playoffs last year. Portland, playoffs last year. Minnesota, playoffs last year. KC, playoffs last year. So, <laughs> there's not a lot to choose between these teams. Every point is at a premium. Next game yeah. for the Whitecaps is this Saturday, LAFC. We won't delve into it too much. 
I just want to ask you two things. First of all, what kind of reception do you think Max Crippot and Mark DeSantis is, is going to get from the BC Place crowd? I, I honestly, uh, for the unless like Mark DeSantis runs on the pitch, I don't think anybody's going to re- re- notice him on the bench or anything like that. Crippot, on the other hand, he is going to be behind uh, the South Siders yeah. or the, on the South Side. Um, so I think he will probably there'll be a couple of guys that are probably nice and boozed up and they'll probably give him a razzing. If I'm Crepo, I, I don't think if I'm there, I'll be one of them. <laughs> no, no. If I, if I'm, if I'm Crepo, I don't take it personally. Like, like it, it yeah, happens. I don't think he will. Uh, hopefully he doesn't. Like, like he, he, like people, when you leave a club like, and it was, um, whatever the case was, it was kind of under weird circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it you, you kind of, the fans will feel abandoned. Their supporters will feel abandoned. Some of them, so there will be a little bit of rising. So I, I expect it, but um, I don't know how long it's going to last. I think I think to answer your question, I think don't think DeSantis. I agree with Steve. I don't think DeSantis will get much, even when he's walking in and out of the tunnel. I think there's people who didn't didn't rate him as much of a coach, or didn't feel the job he did here was what they had hoped for. So they. But I, I don't think there's a lot of like ill will towards him. Um, and to Steve's point, I agree that you know when you have a player who requests a move, uh, people feel hurt by it and they're upset by it. I, I was talking to some people at the the Canada game about it, about you know had Max played or whatever, and they there was a few people who were like, oh, kind of expressing they would have, they would have. Uh, yeah, expressed their feelings yeah, negatively I think he towards got him. A, a, a tough re- reception. We spoke yeah. about it on our yeah, our never heard, heard of, show. Yeah. But <laughs> so I, I think he, I think he will totally get booed and uh, and get some shtick, maybe song sung about him or negatively or whatever. But if you're Maxime Crippo, you're a professional and you don't like. I don't think that, I don't think it's going to impact him. Oh, in I don't fact, think it's going to. I think it'll it, it make him want to perform even better. I don't. I don't think it'll. It, like what I'm saying. Like I don't want him to. I don't want him to personally take it. I. I like whether oh, he won't. Him, Yeah, and he that's won't. fine. Like I. I don't want him to like. Um. Like th- go look. The thing I hate a lot is like when players. Um. First of all, I hate it when supporters don't look at the positive time that the player had, even though they yeah. maybe requested yeah. a move. And I hate it when the players don't look at the positive, even if they maybe got booed by the supporters or fans. So, um, for me, I. I think it's part of the game. And I don't think anybody should take it personally. Predictions for it. I'll kick things off. I see LAFC come in running the show 3-1. Oh, I was going to say that. So I guess I'll go 3-2 for fun. Oh. i go 2-0. 2? Or... Oh, do I have to say who? Yeah. No. <laughs> LAFC. Okay. Okay, so we're very confident for, for next weekend. Our post-Canada Day show that, we, that we'll be bringing out next weekend. That is pretty much it for this episode of the show. But we can't end the show without this week's wavelength. And I've gone back for quite a recent song. It's from a 2021 album by a, an artist that we're going to go with the pronunciation Kunt and the Gang. You can check out all their stuff on Bandcamp. That's with a K. And this is one of a number of football songs that Mr. Kunt has. And this is from their 2021 album, Corona Club Classic, Volume 1. It's Christian Atsu and his Katsu Curry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. 
in the gang there, Christian Atsu and his Katsu Curry, a song all about the 30-year-old the Ghanaian winger, Christian Atsu. He's played for Porto, Chelsea, Newcastle, amongst many others. Played at the 2014 World Cup with, with Ghana. And what I liked about this song is the fact that Atsu rhymes with Katsu, Diatsu, Shiatsu, and other similar things. So I thought what we could do is we could maybe re-record that song for a Whitecaps player. So these are the suggestions I've come up with so far. Jake Narwinski and his box of Twinkies. Or Cavallini and his Peach Bellini. Not the two best ones. I think I've saved the two best ones for the end. Eric Godoy and his roast beef po' boy. That would work. But my oh. particular favourite, Cody Cropper and his BK Whopper. I originally had Big Whopper, but I thought that yeah. could maybe just lead to some misunderstandings as to, to what the song was about. But if let us know your suggestions. If you've any songs of a similar Whitecaps player and food sounding similarity. Ibert and Sherbert. Oh, Russell Tiber and his box of Sherbert. That would kind of work. Yeah, okay. So yeah, let us know yours. Usual place, AFT in Canada on Twitter. AFT in Canada at hotmail.com if you want to send us an email. That is it. 
for this episode of the show. Just before we go though, guys, let us know where they can find Johnny online, any final thoughts on anything that you've learned this week, Steve. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Whitecaps Beat, and what I learned is buy air conditioners in the winter and buy your de-icing salt in the summer. Sage advice. Zach. You can find me on Twitter at ZachBreeAM, uh, occasionally tweeting there. Um, this, I'm going to go with a different um, a different kind of uh, end to the show kind of thing. I want to give a shout out. Uh, I, like most people in this country, I grew up um, with a strong appreciation for the game of ice hockey. Uh, played it, watched it, loved it. You know it. folk hate oh. when you call it ice hockey. Oh, that's okay. That's what the world calls it. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out. I have a coworker whose uh, son this evening uh, lifted the Stanley Cup uh, in Tampa. Or, yeah, yeah, in Tampa. It was a, the game was in Tampa. The game was in Tampa. And so she yeah. was, her family was down there enjoying the, the win. Who was the, who was the uh, player? Uh, Devon Taves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Devon Taves, defenseman. Yeah. So I work, with, I, defenseman. I work with his mom. And um, so I just really super excited for her. And, um, that's cool. Yeah, texting with her. She sent a picture. It's weird. All the families are on the ice celebrating. They what they do is they they once they present the cup and the, yeah. they they skate around with it, then they let the families on the ice. I don't I don't remember that back in the day. No, I mean, it, I've, I've no, no. Years, but no, no, it doesn't happen. This is a very recent thing. It kind of really that's the one thing that perturbs me out of everything. Oh, that okay. uh, like like the, the I I hate it for any other sport too. When the families, I feel like the players should get their time on together mm. and then the families can join in. Like, and I, I can't remember, I don't know today how, how quickly they were on the ice, uh, but eventually they do get on the ice. Yeah. So I have two questions for you. One, yeah. is he going to listen to this show? And if not, oh, no, thank him. Probably. No, no. Okay. Two, the Stanley Cup was on. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It was, a, yeah. it was a fantastic game. Fantastic game. I genuinely a, haven't seen any. I, I watched the, a little bit of Calgary in the playoffs, but that was pretty much it. There was one part where uh, you guys could appreciate this. The player blocked the shot with the bottom of their foot. Like, it's good at the bottom of the skate. Oh. That's very painful, right? Yeah. yeah. And then his teammate is, like, carrying him off the ice, like, carrying him in the middle of the play. Like, the play's still going on. He's carrying him off the ice, not because he's worried about him being hurt, but because he's trying to get the injured player off. So oh, somebody healthy yeah. again. It was in the last like five minutes of the game. It's fantastic. Yeah. It was it a was, two one win. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very good final. It was so exciting. Yeah. So anyway, shout outs to, uh, yeah. The team's family. The family. Yeah. Well, I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Give us a like, subscribe, turn on notifications on YouTube, youtube.com backslash AFTN Canada. What I learned this week is even though Canadian soccer is really on a roll just now and everyone's excited by it, the under 20 still couldn't get past oh. Guatemala. Oh, yeah. And they're out of the under 20 World Cup reckoning and the CONCACAF tournament. So that was disappointing. But yeah. also get out and take in some League One BC action. It's been absolutely fantastic. Genuinely have seen some quality games in both the men's and the women's division. There's a, a game on Wednesday night in North Van. It's going to be altitude against TSS Rovers. And then a huge game next weekend at Thunderbird Stadium. It's going to be TSS Rovers and Varsity FC. Top of the table clash in the men and the women's division. Get out and support local soccer. We will be back soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. And League One BC.
going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.